NAD Ministerial presents Multiply, Baptize, Equip, Plant with Jose Cortez Jr. I want for us to turn there to the Old Testament. I'm going to read Welcome to the And this morning we're having a baby dedication. You know, every now and then. We baptize you now in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Spirit of we're about to go eat. I want to thank you for the food. Is there a second to the motion? To present to you the happiest newlyweds in all the land. Muy buenos días, amigos, hermanos y familias. God, give us strength and power to live like you told us to live. I'm Patricia, and welcome. What would happen if your members reached out and blessed the Muslim community? Find out today as our host, Jose Cortez Jr., talks to Gabriela Phillips. Especially Muslims, because they, they, the women wear hijab, which is yeah. the headscarf. Mm-hmm. And so that already creates a barrier. Jose, we never, ever go to a house. Without praying. Without praying. Before we go and with the Muslims, we pray and they love it. And it's uh, safe when you come to their home. Look, I ask sometimes, would you like to come to our homes? And they go like, you know what? We have been in camps, you know, going from place to place. Finally, we have a room here. We, we have roots. We want to stay. And if you come to our home, you give us the opportunity to be the host and you're the guest. That already makes us feel like we have roots here. And the most healing thing you can do is just listen to their story. We've got lots of great actionable insights on the way. More in a moment. We want you to know that we are here as a growth resource. Go to nadministerial.com and click on podcast for everything you need to multiply your ministry. Our guest is Gabriella Phillips. Here's Jose. No one puts their children in a boat unless the water is safer than the land. That's a part of a poem by Warson Shire. She's a Somali British writer and the title of the poem is uh, Home. And welcome everyone to our Multiply podcast uh, from the studios of the Adventist Learning Community. And we're on the set of Advent Next. And today I have a great, great uh, guest. And she's my friend. Her name is Gabriela De Phillips. Mm-hmm. And Gabriela is, uh, we call her Gabby. Gabby, is okay? Thank you. It's yes, okay? please. All right, please. All right. <laughs> yes. uh, she's a North American Division Adventist Muslim Relations Coordinator. Gabby, how are you today? I am excited to be here because I know that we have um, a very important topic. <laughs> uh, welcome, Gabby. It's really, you. really good uh, having you, you here. Uh, question. Uh, you are in North America one of our experts, perhaps our expert, when it comes to uh, Muslim relations, uh, Islamic culture. How do you learn about uh, Muslims? Uh, how do you learn to love uh, Muslims and and, uh, and the culture, Islamic culture. Well, thank you so much. I want to step away from the expert word. It's a big word. But I will <laughs> say that I had been blessed to have over 25 years of experience of living side by side with Muslims. When um, in 96, my husband, Marty, and I, we just got married and we joined Adra. We ended up going to a country that was only eight miles from Iran. Mm. And uh, not too far from Turkey. And this was a Muslim community. The Soviet Union has just collapsed a few years before, and people were in a search of identity. And right there, we were the first foreigners in this small community called Nakichevan, which means where Noah landed because it was very close to Mount Ararat. So it was an amazing experience, and that's where we, our eyes were open, like, oh, my goodness, there's this people group, there is this whole world that we didn't know anything. And it was exciting because it was before 9-11, so we had no background or, you know, negative pictures there. 
So uh, that was the first few years as a married yeah. couple, uh, yeah. as we missionaries. Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, we were working for ADRA. We were doing development work. And um, I was amazed to see how much of point of contact we had with Muslim people. So that set us on a path of what does it look like um, to dedicate the rest of our lives to explore this world and what bridges God has already created that we can bring to the light so that people can start experiencing reconciliation. And, and I am assuming that, that by going there uh, 25 years ago, yes. uh, after that you've traveled and you've met yeah, and you've right, been right. to many different uh, Muslim yeah. countries. Indeed, indeed. Well, right after that, after three years, we did decided we want to dedicate our lives to serve Muslim people. So we came a year to the U.S. to get some basic training, and then we moved to the Middle East. And we, okay. went, we went to study uh, Arabic in Egypt, and uh, my grandmother said that time, Arabic is the language of heaven. And I protested. Yeah, I said, no, oh it's goodness. Spanish, Mom. <laughs> and Grandma, and she goes like, no, it takes an eternity to learn. And I'm still working on that Arabic. <laughs> and so we were six months in Egypt, and after that we moved to Cyprus. And altogether we were over nine years and a half. And at that time my husband was overseeing 14 countries of the Middle East. So we got to travel a lot. It was an absolutely fascinating time. Oh, my goodness. So you, yeah. you have lived uh, within I've the Islamic culture and you have yeah. been blessed. Yeah, and I love it. I, it's part of me now. So and we, I, can, we can tell. <laughs> I'm good. We can tell. We were recently in, in the Emirates. Right, right. Know, we went to Dubai. Uh, we went to Dubai and, and, yeah. and I could tell that you were like fish in the water. Right? Yeah, you I was know? loving so. every bit of it. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Question. Yeah. How many refugees? Mm. Um do we have in, in, yeah. in North America? Uh, well, it's a big question because obviously not all the refugees are coming from the Middle East. Like, exactly. for example, in 2019, the past year, the majority of the refugees uh, did not come from the Middle East. Right now, there is um, a sort of um, ban. It's not official, but the requirements for people from the Middle East are so high that it makes it virtually impossible. For them to come in. Right. So in the last three years, we have seen a just a trickling down of refugees from the Middle East. The majority are coming from Congo. We have from Myanmar, Burma and um, in other countries and um, so um, in the top of the of the of the um, uh, resettlement time that was during Obama's administration we reached up to 90,000 refugees per year per year and uh, probably 40 percent were from the Middle East especially Syria um, Afghanistan and Iraq and partly Iranian Afghanistan is because the U.S. armies when they pull out of these countries then the people that had been linked to them became vulnerable and the okay. target of radicals so they gave them a special visas to come to the United States and uh, but right now the, the numbers are very low actually for this 2020 the, the maximum number that is expected I believe is around 18,000 Okay. And I don't expect. So it has gone to from speak. ninety thousand yes, to eighteen thousand. Yes, and last year was decreased dramatically. Forty-five. Um, so yes, the, the program is to a point that even people are talking that probably will be stopped oh, for wow. a while. Yes. Oh wow. Yeah. Uh, another question here, yeah. because at times we get confused. Yeah. You know, when we talk about refugees and and immigrants and right. and and in the times in which we're living right now, it has become uh, immigrants yeah, and, and refugee mm. has become a very difficult world word. 
uh, difficult words, even within the church. It, right. it even brings division uh, among church members. Yes. What is the difference between a refugee, uh, an asylum seeker, and perhaps an internally and uh, the internally displaced people? Yes. I know those yes, yes. three terms. Please uh, talk to me a little bit about that. Right. Um, this is a great question because there is a bit of confusion. People that come to North America, all of them are refugees. You see, uh, what, you, what you saw in 2016 of this, um, people going in boats to Germany, for instance, yep. crosses that go the Mediterranean, those people don't have a category. They are just escaping for their life, and they are arriving to Europe, and they are asking to become asylum seekers. And so there is a process by which the, um, the authorities, UNHCR, the um, United Nations, then um, qualifies if this person applies as an asylum seeker and it gives them a category of refugees. Now, the people that are in America, because they cannot come swimming through the ocean, the people that are coming here, they come as um, acknowledged refugees. And that, it's a very complicated process. I hear people saying, well, how do we know we are safe? Well, if you understood the level of rigorous um, uh, levels of scrutiny, you'll be amazed from uh, biometrical data, uh, Homeland Security, FBI, all kinds of, there are like seven different layers between three and sometimes up to 15 years it takes a person to become a refugee. So whenever anybody gets here, uh, a refugee is legal. there are no threat. No, no. Uh, and there are no stories of actual refugees involved in any of these terrorist attacks. These right. are homegrown people that have, have been radicalized through the internet and so forth. But uh, so far we well, have... People who have refugees. come in as refugees uh, right. after right. they have right. been uh, exactly. vetted and everything. And haven't. even people say, well, what about Europe? Well, those people who arrived to Europe, they were asylum seekers. Now, the people who are asylum seekers and refugees, they are protected under international law. But the people who are internally displaced, it means that they go from one region that is dangerous to another region, but they are still under the same government, which often is a very oppressive government. So they are in a much worse situation. So right now in the United States, we don't have people who are no. internally displaced. No, we don't. Internally displaced will be those who are still right. uh, back home in one of those countries. Right. It would be like Mexicans from Guerrero in, um, in Distrito Federal. Okay. Something like that. That will be internally displaced people okay. or IDPs. Okay. Distrito yeah. Federal will be the yeah. federal district. Yes. For Thank those you. that don't speak Spanish. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Very good. Question. Are these refugees illegal? Or are they legal? What's the because we refugees find are legal. No, refugees are legal. The minute they arrive to the United States, they get um, green cards and uh, they have to go through the process of citizenship like everybody else. They have to wait five years and so forth. But all of them can work immediately. And actually, I am part of a local ministry um, to 35 refugee mm -hmm. families in the Chattanooga area. And within three weeks of being in the United States, they are already working. Okay. So they come in with a desire to work and... Well, uh, they had to start paying bills immediately. Um, th th there is a misunderstanding that these people are depleting resources. The reality is within five years, refugees are giving double of what initially was invested on them. They only receive $925 a person one time off to kind of settle. And then they have um, housing assistance for three months. So they receive nine hundred and twenty-four dollars. Twenty-five dollars. Twenty-five dollars per person. Per person. One time. Once. Once. Yes. Okay. And this is kind of as they come in. Right. It's like a, to set you off 
Um, and so from there has to come your rental, um, whatever housing you're not. Obviously, because they are going to be paying housing pretty soon, they ended up going to the worst part of town because it's the cheapest. Mm-hmm. And that brings another set of problems. But I don't know how much time you have. So. Okay, so so they are not <laughs> yeah. taking all of our uh, no, they resources work. No, 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 welfare or any and of those things. They are very good doing entrepreneurial work. You will see that they start immediately, three or four families get together, start a little rest. Restaurant. Um, they are very good with um, um, taking care of elderly people. I mean, they have their areas where they really contribute to society. So what I'm hearing you say pretty much is no need to fear refugees. Good yeah. people. No need to fear refugees. And if you're afraid of refugees, go and walk next door, find one, get to know them, and get your own answer. If you don't believe me, that's okay. Go and get your answer. You'll be surprised. What a beautiful thing it will happen in your life when you're expand your thinking. Well, let me ask you now, because yeah. uh, you work with them on a regular basis. Yes. You work with refugees on yes. a, uh, just about every day. Yes. What are some of the needs yes. uh, that you find in the refugee uh, community, especially? And, and, and Gabby, we're going to talk mostly about Muslims right here. Right, right, right. This okay, is because my, that's, that's my your focus. Your, your focus right. So please. Right, right. Well, uh, I ask this question to them, because in this uh, refugee debate, everybody has an opinion and a voice, except the refugees. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that they are never interviewed on the media? I said, hey, what are you here? What do you want? Never seen an interview. Never? Yeah. Okay, so we did create a small video called Our Voices to give them voice. And I have sat with many of them and asked them, if you have the opportunity to talk to my church, what would you like me to say on your behalf? Okay. And I consistently hear one thing. We are very lonely. We feel mm. rejected. Um and I remember one, one woman put it so clearly, um, graphically, you could see what she's saying. It's like, you know, Gabby, we'd rather sit on the floor and have no sofa and have people coming home and drinking tea with us. We feel rejected at home. We come here, we feel rejection. They uh, don't understand the American system right now. Uh, one of the biggest challenges we have is applying for work because in their countries, um, everything is relational. So you know someone who knows someone who knows someone who needs a worker. And here you apply online. They don't know how to write. um, Individualistic culture. Yeah, they don't know how to write a resume. The whole idea that you put something there and then they said, well, you know, I put an Arabic name. Who's going to pick me up? Um, There is a lot of fear. And so when we started this ministry, we, we, we actually were seven people. We prayed. And the one thing that God impressed us very clearly, and I'm talking now several years ago, it's you guys have to create a safe space. Because we talk about integration, but what is integration really? It's creating a new kind of relationship between people where they feel like if you accept me, then I can't uh, hear what you have to say. More with Jose and Gabriela in a moment. We'd love to get to know more about you and your ministry. NAD Ministerial is dedicated to your growth and success. Go to our website, nadministerial.com, go to podcast and sign up so we can keep you connected to the best tools, information and events to help you multiply your effectiveness in evangelism. Oh, and make sure you like, rate and subscribe to the podcast. And all of Jose's social media contacts are on the website as well. NADministerial.com. Now, back to the interview. So, uh, they're lonely. Lonely, uh, yes. They need a safe they, space. Right. They need jobs, help people helping them to develop CVs. They need help with language skills. Language. 
and they need to learn the basic stuff. Oh, one lady, she called me once. Gabby, I think I got a $1 million. How? <laughs> <laughs> you are laughing because you know what I'm going to say. And I said, how? And she goes like, oh, I got it here in the mail. There is this thing. You want a million dollars. Well, the basic stuff of helping people to sort out junk mail, that's already a skill. That it comes natural to us. That does require a skill, you know. Yeah. And I don't think I've, 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 I've gotten that. <laughs> I manage so that. If you know someone who has that skill, please have them come to my house, you know, because yeah. I really need, you get so much mail. Um, another huge area, perhaps this has been the most successful of all the different projects we have done. It's kind of um, big brother, big sister. Okay. And so what we do, we pair students with teenagers. They are the ones who are caught in the middle. You know, they don't exactly belong to home because they want to integrate into America, but the Americans look at them, look, you're weird. As especially, most immigrant groups, right? Yeah, but especially Muslims because they, they the women wear hijab, which is yeah. the headscarf. Mm -hmm. And so that already creates a barrier. Um, so pairing young people and said, hey, just go and help them with homework. And in the meantime, make sure that they feel safe, that they have a friend, that you give them some basic skills how to deal with bullying. Uh, that has been huge. And we pray. Jose, we never, ever go to a house. Without praying. Without praying. Before we go and with the Muslims, we pray. And they love it. And we're going to get to that in a moment. Yes. But quickly, I want to just recap for a few moments for the for the pastors, the, the church leaders, yeah. the church members who are listening to us right now. Yeah. So some of the biggest needs are they are lonely. Yeah. And they need uh, a, safe uh, a safe space. They are very right. uh, threatened. They and feel f uh, fearful. Very much. Uh, what else? And it's uh, safe when you come to their home. Look, I ask sometimes, would you like to come to our homes? And they go like, you know what? We have been in camps, you know, going from place to place. Finally, we have a room here. So we we have roots. We want to stay. And if you come to our home, you give us the opportunity to be the host and you're the guest. That already makes us feel like we have roots here. So they have been guests too many times. Now they, they love hospitality. Yes, right, right. They absolutely love when we just go. And the most healing thing you can do is just listen to their story okay. and pick up the question all along when this was happening to you, did you ever see the hand of God? So guiding the question to where is God in your life? Why do you think God brought you here? How can we be people of blessing in your life? How is this going to look like? They will tell you. So they, 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 they want uh, friendships. They want uh, yes. to be able to have a safe space. They want understand to understand the American culture, they want how to it understand works. The American culture. Yes. They would yes. need help with language. Right. And the big right, brother, right, big right. sister, they need yes. mentors. Or right. not, not only mentors, but friends that walk, friends. walk beside them. And people them. who pray with them, I would say okay. that they need is prayer. huge. They, Muslims love to pray. Okay. Yeah. So, so. so you're kind of answering my next question, which was, okay. are Muslims uh, open to interchanging or to interacting, to having a relationship with Christians? With Christians? Yes, depending which Christians and depending <laughs> the agenda of Christians. You oh. see, when we go there to bless them, because we understand that these are people who are hurting, this is people that God loves, and we want to enter into their space with a heart of blessing, you would never get rejected. Now, a if heart you of go, blessing? yes. With a heart of blessing means, you see, Abraham entered into different communities. And God said, go in my name with a heart of blessing, with a desire to be a, a, a source of blessing. When he will, will go in that way, you never get rejected. Now, when you go with your Bible study or your little book and whatever, uh, don't worry. They are watching you. You are the Bible study. Mm -hmm. And if they see something <laughs> they like... 
They're going to ask you, why did you say that? Where did you do that? How did you get that wisdom from? And that's the time to say, well, actually, it's not from me. It's from him. Let me show you what I mean. I like that. So mm-hmm. so you are the Bible study. You're you the are the Bible study, right. You are the pro- you They're are. watching you. Yes. Oh, my goodness. That's yeah. really, really good. So so they're willing to interact with you as long as you yes. go to bless them. That's right. When you go, if you respect them, if you move the conversation from conversion, this is a big fear. Oh, Christian, come. You know, they're nice to us. They want to convert us. But when we have them understand, and I use a tool called the kingdom circles, that I say, you know, Jesus' message, actually, did you know that it was not a religion? It was a relationship with God. And you are the person of faith are, are seeking to walk in this relationship with God. And me, as a person of faith, I'm seeking, why don't we do this together? And when the conversation is truly a path towards God, and then the questions start asking, and we answer biblically, well, I call that discipleship. I don't know what <laughs> you think. But to me, that's a pretty solid model for helping people to then navigate, how do I translate this Jesus in a way that looks like me, not like you? Because our biggest problem is that we want to make people into our image instead of into his image. Mm. And that's where the tension between Christians and Muslims has arisen. Okay, so now um, I am a pastor or a church leader, and we have a community of Muslims uh, that have just arrived. Yes. or that have been here for a little bit, yeah. and our church wants to reach out to them, what do we do? Okay. Uh, first of all, uh, pray. Okay. Pray that um, God will give you a team. I would say no less than three people in your okay. church. And once you get uh, three people, uh, prepare a welcoming basket. And th- this is actually pretty simple. Just go and knock on the door and say, uh, we are the neighbors from the, the local church here, and we have seen that you move into our neighborhood, and we want to welcome. We believe God brought you here. This is very important. Give them an identity that you belong here. Okay. We believe God brought you here, and we would love to get to know you, and we have brought something for you. So they will invite you to sit down. They and, will, huh? So they're oh, very yeah, yeah, hospitality, yeah. Yes. you said, Now, right? if you see that the shoes are by the door, well, it would be nice for you to remove your shoes. Take your shoes off. Um, I like that in my house, too. Why not? Okay. <laughs> I'm sure your wife is happy. She yes, has to clean less. No, I clean. And, well, hey, oh, oh, you right. clean. Okay, yeah, well, let's, we'll let's keep it up. later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so you you will sit with them. Often they will bring you tea and cookies or something. And uh, you ask them, so well, how long have you been here? Where are you coming from? Do you mind telling us a little bit of your story? And that's it. And then you introduce yourself. This is my name. And um, this is what uh, what I do. And, and before you leave, you said, is it okay if we ask God for a blessing in your home? And that's when you pray. Okay. Before we get into that yeah. prayer, because I want to kind of close with that. Yes. Uh, quickly. When you visit with them, when you go in, yeah. they offer you tea, you take it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. This you re- is very... You reject it? Very, this is very important. Okay. What if because, I don't do tea? What if I... What, right. what happens? Okay. Um, this is where you have to learn to navigate, and uh, we have actually training for this kind of thing. If you don't receive what the people give you, you're not rejecting the tea. You're rejecting them. <laughs> okay? Because the gift is my way of saying, are you receiving me? So... All you can do is just simply put the, the teacup in your lips. Just take a little sip. I don't think it's going to be. I mean, it's not pork. You're not going to be served pork. <laughs> and, they don't, and they don't eat pork. so that's No, no, they don't eat yeah. pork and no alcohol, stuff like that. Yeah. So just sip a little bit and leave the cup because it means I'm receiving you. I'm eating with you. Did you see how many Bible stories are around the table? These people doesn't eat with these people. And eating, it's about a social hierarchical uh, measure. It's so much more than, oh, I'm hungry. I'm going to satisfy my needs. 
So it's just more than eating. Eating is, uh, I'm accepting you. I'm yes, eating, I'm, I'm receiving you I'm receiving through your you. food. All right, right, very good. And the path to the Muslim heart is through the table. Don't okay. try a shortcut, it might not work. And when talking, yeah. let them talk. No, don't don't be the one doing all the talking yourself, right? Because we want to know more about them, right? Right. And even if you are a little more of the upbeat kind of person, you can do a little bit of talk next time you come because this is not a program. You are establishing a relationship. You are opening the door for a conversation. And then give them your phone number. Say, if you need something, you can call me. Um, maybe two weeks later, you can show up again. How are you guys doing? Now you don't have to have the whole team. can be only one person or two. And start doing this visitation. And what happened is that as you experience hospitality with them, you're going to start noting the things that they need help. Or they will come with a bunch of um, bills and say, what do I do with this? And, and things will emerge organically, naturally. Out of a relationship. Right, right, right. A relationship does not happen in one, a one-day visit once a year or, no. or twice. It has to be something constant. Yes. So if you want to make friends with these people. Yes. And I'm telling you, they have told me over and over, we love having Adventists come in here because Adventists eat like us. So it means that you guys are clean people and you guys have learned to navigate the freedoms of America in a godly way. And we need uh, assistance on that. So they appreciate Adventists. They do appreciate uh, Adventists. That's awesome. That's yes. awesome. And now I want to get to prayer and we have to close. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, but yes. I know that prayer is I a pray? very, uh, mm-hmm. very important part. Okay. Yes. Do you let them pray at times if, you know, if they, okay, or um, you want to, how do you do? We have to pray. And I'll explain to you why. Because in Islam, there are two kinds of prayer. Maybe you have seen on the news and say, Allahu Akbar, and they bow down and so forth. Uh, that is what they call prayer. It's a ritual prayer. It's said, uh, we have no business getting there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then there is a second kind of prayer that is more of a supplication called dua. And um, this is something that you stand up and you put your hands, your palms up, and you do your prayer, always directed to God. And when you finish and you say, Amin, then um, you take your hands and you pass them in front of your face, like saying, I have just come before God empty-handed, and he has given me these blessings during the prayer, and now I'm receiving these blessings. So you finish a prayer by doing that? Yes, right. So I always pray in the name of God, our gracious or Heavenly Father, whatever is more familiar to you, by saying in the name of God, most gracious and merciful, that's the way they relate to. But don't worry if you say Heavenly Father, that's okay. And when you finish, um, I usually say, in your name, I pray. Now, as the relationship progresses and um, the the witnessing becomes more um, uh, prevalent and normal between us, then I finish in the name of Isa Al-Masi. Isa Al-Masi, who is Jesus, right? Jesus the Messiah. The Messiah. Because this is the name that I use in the Quran, right. And if they ask me why is Almasi, I say, well, because Jesus is near to God. And that's yeah. what the Quran says, that is the holy book of the Muslims. That it says that Jesus, Jesus is, is near, yes. Near it's the only one called Mukarrabin, which means those who are drawn near to God. And also has the idea that he brings people near to God. So it's a beautiful uh, picture right there. So when you are finishing your visit with, yeah. with a Muslim family, yes. you I say, say, can, can I, I bless? pray? Can I bless? Yes, I use the language of blessing. I say, you have blessed us today so much. Is it okay if we ask a blessing for your home? Okay. Or you have shared with me today your need of a job. Is it okay if we ask God for help on this moment? And because if you say you pray, usually prayer for them is more associated with a salat type of prayer, which is the ritual prayer. So I say, can we ask for a blessing or can we ask God for help? And by putting my hands up like this, immediately they know what I mean. Just like if I will fold my hands, you immediately know, oh, she's going to pray. 
Okay. So that's kind of the cue there. So thank you, Gavi. This has been beautiful, so enlightening. So mm -hmm. my takeaway, sure. my takeaway quickly. Yeah. Let's see if I got it right. Okay. Okay. Go for it. Uh, <laughs> we don't need to be afraid of uh, immigrants. No, absolutely. I mean, of, of uh, refugees. Yes. Uh, we, uh, they need friends. Yes. They need, they need a safe, uh, safe yes. space. Yes. They are willing to interact with Christians. They are. Uh, They're looking uh, forward to that. They want to be hospitable towards us. Yes. Okay. And they, uh, they don't mind. They actually enjoy when we pray for them. Yes. Okay. Yes. You got it. Uh, I, I would love to have. <laughs> you back at some point because I know there is much more that we need to talk about but sure. time is yeah, for today, today it's okay. plenty so, Gabby, <laughs> thank, thank you so much thank it's you. great having you here thank you and this is Jose Cortez on your Multiply podcast God bless thanks Gabriela and Jose make sure you sign up for our email list and don't forget to rate like and subscribe to our podcast if you'd like to connect with Jose home base for all things Multiply is nadministerial.com and click on podcast I'm Patricia. Until next time, keep going, but most of all, keep growing. Multiply. Multiply, a best practices podcast, is a production of NAD Ministerial. Executive producer, Ivan Williams. Designed by Halloran Hill for Anything is Possible. Produced by Kendra Arsenal with Christina Massino. Edited by Taizi Snyder.